A few weeks ago, I talked with Joan Moriarty. She talked about two games that immediately caught my attention. Without hesitation, I mean, come on, a guess hasn't led me astray yet. I jumped on the ever-faithful eBay and hunted down Simply Suspects, the game of suspicion and betrayal from 2003. Joan pitched the game as Clue meets Monopoly, and I love both of these classic games. The catch with Simply Suspects is, instead of trying to figure out who did it, where they did it, and with what, everybody is guilty, and you are trying to pin the evidence on the other suspects so they get caught by the grand jury. The winner is the last one to be arrested. The Monopoly aspect comes in the circular track that your pawns will continue going around and around until the game ends. When my copy arrived, it cost me a whole $9.80 shipped. I was very eager to sit down and try William Stevenson's game, published by Spy Alley Partners. It plays 2-6 to six players out of the box with a 20-minute playtime. Suggested ages are 8 and up, so I got my son and we sat down to play the award-winning game, Simply Suspects. Welcome back to the Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins. Let's take a look at the rule clarity for Simply Suspects. The rules to Simply Suspects are a black and white double-sided sheet of paper smaller than an 8.5 by 11 sheet of regular copy paper. There are no pictures. It is all small font text. The board is a simple track, but I was a bit worried that the rules would not be sufficient. Luckily, the game has very intuitive mechanics, and the rule set was very clear. Time to explain to newcomers. The board itself was easy to understand. There were only 26 spaces in its circular track, and a portion of which is split, and you must decide which path to take this time around the board. Of these, there are only nine different types of spaces. Most of them are self-explanatory. There are seven spaces where you must move a piece of evidence and pin it on a suspect, and there are seven different pieces of evidence. There are three spaces called your choice where you can move any evidence onto any suspect. There are six spaces, one for each suspect, that removes two pegs of evidence from that suspect. Draw a getaway card or take a getaway card are pretty self-explanatory. Move a pawn forward and move a pawn backward are also very easy to understand. Trade places with the pawn means exactly that. Three, move to the grand jury spaces, and then there's the grand jury space itself. See? Simple. The only other thing to explain is that you are dealt a suspect and you want to keep it secret from everyone else. You can roll the die to move or play one of your getaway cards to control your movement. When on the grand jury space, if your suspect has two or more pieces of evidence pinned on them, you're out of the game. If not, you can, you don't have to, attempt to guess the identity of another player. However, if you were wrong, you were out and they get all of your getaway cards. That's it. Why'd that take me? About two minutes? Gameplay. To start the game, every player is dealt a suspect identity face down. Keep this secret. Everyone selects a colored pawn and places it on the start space. The evidence board is set in the middle of the board. A peg is then placed in the top row under each piece of evidence. Each player is dealt three getaway cards. These cards are placed face up in front of each player. Now, this may seem odd, but this allows for a little more information gathering. 
These cards are numbered 0 through 6. One can be played in lieu of rolling the standard D6. This gives you more control over your pawn's movement. If you play a card to jump over the grand jury, then I might suspect that you are someone with two pieces pinned on them at the time. Or it could be that there are two or three suspects with two or more pieces of evidence pinned on them, and you don't want everyone to know you aren't one of those characters. The active player will roll the d6 or play a getaway card. The number rolled or shown on the card is the number the pawn's player moves. If a zero card is played, the pawn doesn't move, but the player does get to take that action again. Otherwise, the pawn's space is dictated by the die roll or card played and the action is taken. If you land on a your choice space, you choose which piece of evidence you want to move and place it on whomever you want. The only stipulation being all the evidence pegs must be moved off the top row before a your choice can move any already moved peg in play. If all seven have already been moved, then move whichever one you want to whomever you want and let the games begin. The strategies really come into play after all the evidence is moving around the pegboard. As the active player, you need to consult your getaway cards to make the most optimum move. Look at who is coming around the corner into the grand jury spaces. Who do you think they are? Set up some traps with the amount of evidence placed on them. What I have found? Use the getaway cards to your advantage whenever you can. I played a game where my son was out, leaving me to go toe-to-toe with my neighbor. Since my son was eliminated, it became painfully obvious who I was. I had already hit the grand jury and eliminated four of the six suspects, and my son was the fifth, leaving my identity known. I used my getaway cards to slow my trip around the board, acquire more getaway cards, and manipulate the evidence long enough to deduce who my neighbor was. Then I cleared my suspect of evidence, landed on the grand jury, and guessed her identity. It was awesome! Variants. As I was finding information for this episode, one place I stopped by was the spyalley.com website. I clicked on the Simply Suspects page, and right there, to my amazement, there was a link to a PDF for variants. <sighs> I mean, of course I clicked on it to see what it was all about. There is a six-player and a four-player variant. The six-player variant sounds pretty awesome, and I really want to get six people together to play the game and try it out. You are divided into three teams of two. The catch, you're coupled with the suspect next to yours in the double path portion of the board, and you don't know who has that card. In other words, you're trying to suss out who other people are, protect yourself without giving away your identity, but trying to figure out who your partner is and letting them know who you are. The team with the last character standing wins. The four-player variant is very similar to the six-player, but you sit opposite your teammate and know their identity. The last two identity cards not in play are still secret. The last team with the suspect wins. I have put the link to these rules in the show notes. Replayability. I have gotten this game to table three times so far, and each time the game has been played three or more times in rapid succession. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is, the game has plenty of replayability baked in. Lunchtime Potential One of those three times was at work over lunch. We played the game three times. Over the full lunch hour, I explained the game. We played it three times, and we still had 15 minutes left. We probably could have got in a fourth game, but we decided to try to figure out the reference of Wilbur E. Meadows, and we did not. Artwork 
I love the artwork of Simply Suspects, and I wish I could give that artist credit. However, nowhere on the box, the rule sheet, or the Board Game Geek page lists the artist. The graphic design is also fantastic for the feel and theme of the game. Being lighthearted, the names of the suspects, the look on the board, the little bios included on their cards, all enhance the ages 8 and up family-friendly feel. Components. Okay, this is where Spy Alley missed the mark when publishing Simply Suspect. The game is literally overproduced. The board has a cutout in the middle for the molded plastic evidence tracker with peg holes, similar to a cribbage board. It comes with seven evidence pegs that are not standard pegs, but custom. It has six PVC cards. That's right, the suspect cards are PVC. They are amazing quality. Then you have the six standard pawns right out of the game, sorry, a D6, which is standard, and a deck of getaway cards that are, well, not quite up to snuff with the rest of the game. Lastly, the box is oversized in depth. Simply Suspects could have been made way cheaper, been much more affordable, and probably a larger hit, a hit that would have crossed my attention much, much earlier. Bang for the buck. Well, as I said earlier, I paid less than $10 for my copy of Simply Suspects. So, totally worth the money. Yet this is where I think the game probably ran into problems when it was originally released in 2003. I mentioned it just a second ago in the component quality section. The game had, and still has according to Amazon, a $40 MSRP. You can still buy it off Amazon for $35. I have played the game 10 times already, and I've already gotten my money's worth at less than a dollar per game so far, and the more I play it, the more and more that number will go down. I would advise finding this great game, but do so at a used market. With the suspect cards being made out of PVC, they should have nowhere keeping your identity safe. Summary As I stated in my opening, Simply Suspects is an award-winning game. What awards? Well, it won the National Association for Gifted Children's Parenting for High Potential, the National Parenting Center Seal of Approval, the Creative Child Magazine's Seal of Excellence, and Adding Wisdom Award Parent to Parent. I'm not familiar with these awards, but, you know, four awards for a game is pretty impressive. I would agree that Simply Suspects is an amazing game. Shockingly, though, it only has a 5.6 on BGG, with a total of only 146 ratings. I urge you to scour your local consignment shops, eBay, or wherever you buy your used games, and find a copy to give Simply Suspects a try. As usual, you can reach out to me on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash eatlunchandboardgame, email me at eatlunchandboardgame at gmail.com, or go to my website, eatlunchandboardgame.com. And remember, board games build bridges. Stay in tune with all things sports around Indiana and the nation with the Crash Course Podcast. Each week, we tackle the big storylines from the world of the Colts, Pacers, and the Indiana College scene, while also keeping a pulse on the nation. We record live weekly at twitch.tv slash 3cmedia and can be found on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard, you can catch the Crash Course Podcast. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. 
click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.